but this will be our last um, flashcast, S sort of flash. We're not really a flash. We're kind of a... a, a, a Whatever the slow version of a flash is. We're kind is. of a long exposure <laughs> cast. <laughs> Welcome back to Team Cockroach, a podcast about The Good Place, a weekly comedy on NBC by Mike Schur. I am Andrew Pontius, and let me introduce my co-host, Javier Matusevich. Hello. Hello, friends. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to cry a little. Sarah Gardner, hi there. I'm already crying, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel Adaman, hi. Hi, everyone. All right, so we are... Doing the last Flashcast episode for The Good Place, Season 4. It is Episode 13, the final chapter, called Whenever You're Ready. And here's what it's about. So, it's the end of the story about the members of Team Cockroach. Jason goes through the door after winning the perfect game of Madden NFL with a detour into the woods for a thousand baramies because he forgot to give Janet her necklace. Chidi realizes he's ready to go but Eleanor struggles with trying to keep him around before letting him go even though she's not ready yet. Tahani learns a long list of new skills, including woodworking with Nick Offerman and bomb defusal, and thinks about going through the door before deciding she instead wants to become an architect like Michael. Eleanor convinces Mindy St. Clair to come with her to see Tahani to take her through the system and improve her life. But Eleanor finds she still has one more thing to do before going through the door— convincing Judge Jen to allow Michael to become human. Eleanor finally goes through the door herself, and Michael gets to have human experiences and check off all the things he wanted to do, like get a discount card and say, take it sleazy. The end. I mean, except for Janet. She just has to go on forever. Possibly after marrying Jason Momoa. Yep. Or Laura Croft Tomb Raider. We don't know. Right. Totally cool. Right. There are op she has options. <laughs> All right, so that's the that's the uh, bullet list of what happened in that last episode. It was an hour and a half, three episodes worth of time there. So, what did people think of the last episode? Any thoughts? No thoughts. Right? <laughs> You're just and, taking a big breath. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> it was it was just so emotional, but you knew it would be right. These are characters mm -hmm. that we've been with for so long, or. Not so long, but it feels long. It feels like many Baramies. Um <laughs> And we've seen them grow, which doesn't happen on every TV show. So, you know, saying goodbye is hard. Yeah, I liked it. I really liked how they organically brought it. They brought in a lot of storylines, but didn't feel like forced, really. That The people that they let us see how their stories ended, it didn't feel like they were forcing people into it, at least in my opinion. Yeah. It was a good episode. Uh, it closed everything very neatly, and uh, it all worked out in the end. It also allowed me to figure out um, what would I do in the in the good place. And it, it's clear I, I'm a Tahani. I would just hmm. learn stuff and do new stuff all the time, which I guess is encouraging because otherwise I would just get bored very easily. Yeah, don't be like Shakespeare. No, <laughs> nobody wants to see Tempest <laughs> 2, Here We Blow Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in just last episode, we had this whole thing where people's minds were going to mush because they they were just going on forever. 
And I, I do kind of want to talk about sort of that episode versus this episode together. But yeah, this episode was was very different in tone from that one because this was sort of that everyone's ending, everyone's peaceful, uh, you know, ending of their of their story, and and it just had a very a very specific feel to it that I don't think we've had in almost any other episode. I think the closest we've gotten is again that, and I've mentioned it before, sort of that party episode where everyone thought it was kind of the end of the road for them, and they were all going to the bad place, and so they were just kind of reminiscing and and just kind of enjoying time with each other and. And, and kind of stretching out that time as opposed to rushing around doing some sort of madcap thing like we've seen so much of, I think, this season especially. Um, so everything just kind of slowed down and, and took its own pace. And, and you know, I think they can do that really well. I think that that's something that, even though they haven't done that much of, I think the writing and the acting and the directing, just it all came together and it was all, you know, very affecting, right? If you're crying, I, I was at very good approaching it myself with a bunch of the characters. They... Uh, they just, they just, it felt like they kind of did right emotionally by a lot of characters. Yeah. In, in the big uh, death metaphor that, that is this show, last episode was like uh, the bargaining stage of death, where we are all, all <laughs> still wondering what's going to happen. What's, what's the solution? Is this really a good idea? Uh, why did Eleanor came up with them? Um, with the solution so easily and with with no effort and everyone had just accepted it. And now we're in, in this episode and we're like, it's fine, acceptance. Hmm. We just yeah, got I to get over with. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I feel like last episode, the last episode sort of felt like the end of the story and then this felt like the epilogue. Like, see, yeah. like last episode sort of, felt like it wrapped up our journey with them and this just was kind of a cherry on top to see what happened next this was literally the part of the movie where they have the text at the end saying mm -hmm. and a picture of the person and saying this is uh -huh. what happened to this person that was like the whole episode yeah. right kind of funny so yeah i think we could we can go through um you know the plot a little bit and see what we think of it and then we'll uh We'll do the usual kind of joke machine, although there weren't really that many jokes in this one. There were some. Jokes? What um, jokes? <laughs> and we'll just kind of go over what we thought of this episode. Now, we are planning on doing a retrospective episode for the whole series. And so everyone listening to this episode, you can look forward to that as well. Uh, we don't know exactly when we're going to get to it, but it is part of the plan. Um, but this this episode that we're doing right now is strictly for this final final chapter. And go over. And as always, spoiler, spoiler zone, we're going to talk about... <laughs> this episode and everything else. I, why you, you're still here if you haven't actually watched the episode, I don't know. But I figured we might as well, you know, keep good habits right up to the end. Okay. So the very first one, what is it? Oh, so this is, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention a couple of callbacks as we go because there were a lot of callbacks. So this is the callback, right, to Michael trying out his experiment over and over again in, this, in the second season. But in this case, he's trying any, any recording it on a, a eight track, I guess. Um yeah, but now instead of him starting up with the 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 good place over and over again, he's trying out playing songs, writing writing and playing songs, and he's just really bad at it. And they go to what is it, Genesis? We're going to be late. I think don't, doesn't she say that or someone say that a couple of times? Which is interesting in a place where time stretches on forever that people talk about how they're going to be late. <laughs> but so there's a couple of these moments where they go through a green door, green sparkly door to go to other places, and. Um, and they go to the, the living room of the original Good Place Sup, and Chidi is giving another another ethics lesson. And um, did anyone have a look at what was on the, the blackboard 
No. No, I missed it. So he, uh, so there's like a bunch of books that were listed. Uh, Death by Todd May, The Macropolis yes. Case by Bernard Williams, Death Again, another book called Death by Thomas Nagel, The Immortal by uh, Borges, and Basic Writings by Chang Tsi. And uh, he mentions a couple of professors, and I didn't realize there was a prof- Professor May and a Professor Hieronymy, and those are actually mm-hmm. real people. Yeah, they were played by themselves. Played by themselves. <laughs> they were uh, advisors for the for the good place, um, and they mentioned the uh, the trolley problem and say it's going to get messy, which is also <laughs> a fun little callback. Um, um, what was it? The uh, oh, the, they go over to the. I'll, I'll do this one last scene, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Then they go over to the uh, they go to the intermetral crossroads. So another callback as we see Jeff again um, at his desk, but now he's got a whole bunch of frog. People have been giving him. Frog toys and and other things, and he's up to three hundred and twenty three of them by the end. And and uh, Chidi and Michael are off to the Joint Council of Afterlife Affairs, where everything seems to be going pretty well. Judge Jen and Sean is there, and Sean says, "I will never admit that things are going well. Never, ever, 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 ever." But they do say at one point, "We need more architects and actors." And that's little foreshadowing for stuff that's going to happen next. And I think this is the last time we see Vicky. So Vicky gets to declaim again about what acting is, because that's, I guess, kind of her one joke this season. Um, yeah. But it was nice to see nice to see both of them in this scene as well, right? But mostly it's the, the plot, for plot reasons, it's, it's there because they want to say everything's going really well. We don't really need to worry about that anymore and kind of, uh, again, see some old characters again. So what do people think so far of... A thing, and then we go into the the title card, which says the final chapter, right? So, what do people think of this so far? Any any thoughts about how how it's how this went? I, I liked the meeting of all of them. I think this is where uh, Sarah, we got a line built just for you with what I Judge know. Jen was watching on TV. I thought of you too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Judge Jen makes a comment about how she almost destroyed two percent of the population because Carrie Coon was never nominated for an Emmy for the leftovers. And yeah, I, I actually pointed at the TV and talked a little bit at the TV. So yeah, right on. <laughs> well, now is that the actual percentage that the leftovers? Yes. The people who went away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a little more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. And judge Jen being a character that only references television, uh, that just continues. She's got an, an East Dillon high shirt on at one point, uh, you know, the whole justified thing that we went through, yep. <laughs> like yep. just, this must be her character. If, if the other one is Vicky's character, then judge Jen is just, I watch yep. TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this scene, it, it calls back to, um, for me, it calls back to um, the ending of, um, parks and recreation, the whole situation where, Everything is perfect and everything is nice and even the bad guys are good and uh, it's it's too too sweetened in a way so it it doesn't uh, flow too well with me especially you have like uh, Sean and um, Vicky and they're being nice and it's like uh, no come on <laughs> people don't change like that I know they're demons but still I mean. Even Brent didn't change. <laughs> yeah, even Brent didn't change. He's really the only one that didn't. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I'm much more willing to believe uh, uh, the character of uh, the judge because she's just the same. She she was never great. Yeah, she never. Yeah, she never. She's really still not great. <laughs> Although, so yeah, fine. I mean, we had that whole thing with her, you know, in the couple of episodes where she was going to destroy everybody, right? And all of a sudden, she's back to being regular. Like, and the kind of going back and forth like that feels like, like, you know, why did we ever have that sort of sitcom y, you know, madcap couple of episodes if it, all it was just going to wind up being was, I, I don't know, yeah, like that, that it's just like noise that. I don't even remember very much of anymore. Like I liked, I don't know. I liked these episodes, these ending with the final chapter better than I liked those episodes where at least in theory, we had a lot more drama and a lot more conflict. At this point, I was just bracing myself because I knew I was going to cry at some time soon. Yeah. So some of this is hazy. And then all of a sudden it just wasn't anymore. Just that just boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is our first sort of crying moment where, you know, uh, Jason, gets to play his, his football game and he gets to play it. He's, he's in the middle of a football field with everyone in the stands, but he's still playing the, the game, right? So, and he's played it, what, 400,000 times and he just managed to play the, the perfect game of it. And that for him, that's his trigger, right? That's his, that's his moment of, well, I've done everything I need to in life. Although he never, he never phrases it like that, but he says, you know, Hey, this is okay. It's time for me to go. And he tries to make dinner to, to, break it to Janet a little more easily and it's, you know, a big chunk of spaghetti. So, um, but then, so they have a, they have a party and Jason and his dance crew get to, get to dance and they dance significantly better than I think they did the last time we saw them. Um, and, uh, what is Doug Forsett is there. Yeah, in his young body. In his young body, right. When there's a moment that I, I was wondering if they were going to come back to, and I don't think they really did, which is Michael telling Janet it's okay if you're sad too, even though you, you're taking care of the rest of us, but we can help you too. And I don't know if they ever really got back to that. But yeah, Jason says, well, I had this calm feeling the air inside my lungs was the same as the air outside my lungs, um, which is you know pretty poetic for, for Jason. Um but, you know, so a bunch of characters will have this, this moment going on, this, this sense that they're ready to go by having a peaceful feeling rather than I'm ready to go because my brain is melting, right? Which is different than the last episode. Um, but, uh, and then, then he goes, and it's really sad. So is that, with, you know, this is sort of the first really sad moment, the first main character who we see leaving, at least we think we see leaving. So what were people's reaction to, uh, to this part? It's, it's weird to have the characters unilaterally decide to leave and have uh, everyone else just accept it and have a party and it, it's hard not to contextualize it in the in our un, our, our own uh, human universe in which someone might choose to to take their own life and uh, have like assisted suicide essentially and it's i don't know it's it's a weird feeling it's it doesn't sit uh, comfortably with me, but it's good. It's still, it's a good scene. It it triggers stuff, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I I liked it. I don't necessarily think I view it the same way as Javier does. I kind of view it as just like, oh, they're going off on a 
trip and you'll just never see that like somebody moves away but they're moving to a place with no cell phone reception (laughs) (laughs) i didn't view it as like yeah somebody taking their own life i definitely did not view it through that lens i get how you would but it was not (laughs) (laughs) i bummed everyone out i'm sorry oh well, no, you made me think of it differently, and I like that. Um, yep. I was mostly just tickled by the fact that Jason's big dream is to win Madden instead <laughs> of, like, actually win a football <laughs> game. Uh, but throughout this whole thing, and I'm sure I'll bring it up again, I feel bad for Janet. So that was, like, the that's the thing that has that made me cry the most throughout. It was just from her standpoint, you know, what what are they doing right by Janet? You know, she's just still there and everyone's leaving and Janet's still just getting things for people and assisting them on their way to death. Like she's basically the, you know, the (laughs) the ferryman to the other side. Like, I don't, I don't like that. I want more for Janet, but since she can, you know, like, like she explains that she can, feel and see everything all at once like dr manhattan <laughs> then maybe it's not as sad as what i think but mm-hmm. i just i just want more for poor janet yeah i feel like that's a little bit of a cop-out i would have liked to, to have something better for her as well instead of just saying oh but she's going to be remembering this as if it's a it's a, as if it's right now and i'm like that's not enough yeah. she just <laughs> yeah. said Hey, Jason is not very smart. Maybe he wants to stay. Well, a couple of things. One, it was really interesting, the difference between how they portrayed Janet and Jason versus how they portrayed Chidi and Eleanor. Because in both cases, one of the the people in the relationship went away first. And uh, so, you know, in in Jason and Eleanor's case, Jason and Eleanor? No, wait. Jason and Janet's case, we're supposed to believe that Janet is fine with it and has no problems with him leaving. So it's okay. Um, which, you know, they, I think they kind of pulled it off. Um, but it, it is true. Like she, she kind of had to say, well, she, one thing she said was, well, I don't experience time the way you do, which made me think of Dr. Manhattan. Like, I don't know if any of you have kind of read the, the comics of Watchmen, which the, the new show on HBO, um, was, was based on. Um, so if you, you know, if you read the comics, it's a lot of scenes of Dr. Manhattan saying things like I'm in 1955 doing such and such. I'm in. 2030 doing such and such. I'm here doing such and such. And, you know, he, they made it a really alien concept for him to be able to do all those things at once. So they, you know, the, the authors really tried to make it something that it was very hard to relate to. Cause of course it is hard to relate to. And with Janet, they never really tried to make her to push that yeah. idea of her, that she's like really weird and doesn't see things the way we do until the very end when they needed to have a, a way to explain why she wasn't as sad as everybody else was. And I thought, yeah, I, right. I didn't, I didn't love that, that bit. Um, again, D- Darcy Carden really sold the whole thing. Like she's great. All of them were really great in this episode, but Darcy Carden really got to exercise that concerned expression, you know, on her face, um, for a long time. But, uh, but it, yeah, it, she sold being both sad and happy for Jason when he left. Um, but yeah, it, she never got her own moment. Although I think I think they tried to give us a moment with her at the very end, and we'll, we'll get back to that too. But uh, but I would tend to agree. I, I you know. And then they actually, and then we'll get to we'll get to the the twist on this one too. 
because Janet leaves and Jason's sitting on the bench and you're supposed to believe that Jason went through the door, right? Well, we'll, we'll get back to that. So, so we come back and then it's Tahani's turn, right? And I was pretty glad that we finally got sort of a substantial little little scene, a couple of scenes with Tahani because she's doing all of her... <laughs> I had to look up who Nick Offerman is because, sorry, I don't actually watch Parks and Oh, no. No. <laughs> Well, and even so, like, I knew what he looked like, but he had that huge beard, right? Like, he didn't look anything like... Anyway, I was... I had to look him up. So, and then I thought, you know, oh, he's some sort of famous craftsman. Like, no, he's an actor. He, well, But he well. is, like, well-known for his woodworking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, right, that's fine. his hobby. He professionally... He has a, like, workshop or something where he does woodworking. But I think it was funny that, like, there's no explanation in the show about why this is important. It's just this guy, this weird guy... That she's talking to, and then we're done. I I, I found it amusing once I <laughs> once I knew what it was. Um, but then so she does that, right? So she's got more things checked off, and then she goes to meet her parents, and she's apprehensive, and like her sister is there, and again, like there's no real explanation, but her sister is suddenly like a nice person now. It, it doesn't need an explanation, right? She went through the system, but it is sort of yeah. sudden, like bam, you know, her sister's nice, and then we get to the parents, and there's a slight moment of tension before we realize nope the parents have gone through the system they're nice now too and so we're gonna you know everything's kind of everything's good and it's nice to see all these <laughs> actors all these characters you know having gone through all of any trials as they have you know getting along into honey having a good time with everything um but then you get the same moment where Tahani says she's ready to go and they go back to that her, her original mansion i think from the uh the first season when she's doing that party um and you know everybody's kind of happy for her and tahani finally gets to objectify eleanor so that was fun um and uh but then she finally decides no i'm not going to be i'm not going to go through the door i'm going to be an architect um and then there was the scene which i think was the uh the best the best moment for tahani of the whole season where michael says you know, once you're a big deal around here, I hope you don't mind if I brag about knowing you. <laughs> and she says, named after the good old gauche, don't you think, Michael? And I was like, oh, Tahani. <laughs> oh, 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 Tahani. But, I, you know, all right, you earned that. You earned that line. So yeah, what do people it, think it of It almost of, makes yeah, I'm sorry? all the name dropping pay right. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do people think of Tahani's <laughs> sort of sort of ending, like the, the ending of her main storyline? I love it. Yeah, it was nice to see her do something. That's yeah. exactly right. what I thought. It's like finally <laughs> they let her do something, but then they let her do everything. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they they heard the episodes and they said uh, it's true. We never let her do anything. Let's make her do everything, so they can complain. <laughs> and it's it's kind of nice to know that that she's still. Uh, kicking around up there like she doesn't go through the door right. so yeah. she's just continuing to work and better herself and help other people which is what she needed to do all along and i love her bow tie well, was was that a callback to anything sort of that peacock bow tie didn't she get called a peacock by eleanor oh like okay. like a like a sexy peacock or something well yeah there, there were some peacock things going on yeah 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 oh okay sure 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 well and it, and it also um one of the things that it was really occurring to me through this episode is this episode thinks that it has satisfactorily finished the stories of all of the characters without necessarily showing us every minute of the rest of their lives, right? Which actually, in some ways, I think was pretty good. Was, you know, we don't need to see Tahani doing everything, being an architect. We believe she's going to do well on it. So, uh, 
so they can just have her have her go do that yeah i i prefer that to to i know i keep calling back to i'm sorry andrew i keep calling back to um, the uh parks and recreation ending in which they showed you everything and the, what the character was doing and they went in too much detail maybe and i feel like they learned a lesson here and they they learned to trust the audience because last time it was a bit a bit too much in my opinion it it kind of takes the magic away when you see everything yeah yeah it's, it's true um well and there's a bunch of and again i think they learned this with the secondary characters as well so we see john kind of breezing in to talk about alexander the great and then breeze back out again and like hi john bye john and then we see brent on the video right trying to explain yeah. why no telling a woman to smile is actually good for her like okay brent you still got you still got a ways to go and uh, <laughs> so and then there's a, we get we get a simone a little later on but yeah they just sort of have little moments of characters and we see uh glenn you know for i think kind of one last time um and he kind of talks and apologizes for getting goo onto honey and all that and uh no it was it was, it was really nice and although also You can kind of see the strings of the plot. You know, the, they need Tahani to do this for the sake of the plot further on. So I also had kind of the sense that she's, you know, they were they were kind of not really forcing her, but they were putting it into a pattern which there was otherwise no necessary read. Like, and even the things that she had to do, like the thing, like, did we ever get a sense from Tahani before that she was someone who wanted to learn all of these extra things. Like, again, it was nice to have her doing something, but it felt like this was a bit out of left field. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is that she seemed like she wanted to learn to do things herself that she couldn't do for herself yeah. before. Mm -hmm. And maybe mm -hmm. it's an extension of that. Um, but yeah. yeah, I agree. Like, it, it just seemed like, okay, so this is what they're going to do with Tahani. All right. right, I'll go with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, and they handled it well. Again, she she acted it well, and all the other you know the stuff she was doing was really fun. So, yeah, I think you know as far as endings for Tahani, this is this is as good as we were going to get. I think good as we could have gotten, and uh, and I was pretty happy with it. I was also happy with them bringing back the other characters that we had to spend time with this season. Um, so, Brent and John and Simone, um, because if they didn't, then. I would have just been wondering, like, whatever happened to those people? Right. And why did we have to spend so much of this season, like, with them? So it, it's good that they wrapped that up. Yeah, and I I like that they just brought them back in for, like, a few seconds each. Like, they didn't focus 10 minutes on each of their plot lines. We just got enough to know where they went. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for a show that in, in a lot of ways, for an episode that in a lot of ways was slowing down for a lot, they still did put a lot of little stuff in without worrying about you know, again, spending every moment, spending every moment on every minute of every character's life. So, ah, uh, so the next, so, you know, another commercial break and then we come back and, and it's Chidi's story. This is probably the one that made people cry the most. Um, so they start with, um, uh, at, at a, like a dinner, I guess, at what's Tani's perfect pizza place is what it's called. And we noticed that the second time around. So then they bring in a bunch of different people. So they bring in Uh, Madison and Brittany, uh, Eleanor's roommates, um, which I guess, no, they were the ones that she like really, like, who was the one that she screwed over the other one with, with, with one of those two or something, but I guess they're all friends now, right? So it doesn't really matter, but, uh, Eleanor and Madison, Brittany, and then Simone was there being all friendly and happy. So she's, she's good. And then Chidi's friend, Uzo who I, I tried to look up what his name was, and he's just Uzo. Like, I don't think everybody ever 
gives him a last name, which is, you know, hey, you're not really going to give him a last name. But anyways, Chidi's childhood friend is there and, and saying, you know, hey, look at Chidi making all these choices back and forth. And here's where we talk about uh, Tempest going through the door. I actually really liked the fact that, um, you know, in previous seasons, especially in the first season, they were kind of making a joke of all the people who didn't make it into the good place. Um, and now they get to make a joke about all the people who do make it through the good place. So it's kind of a mirror hmm. image of that sort of humor. <laughs> and so they talk about Shakespeare writing Tempest 2, Here We Blow Again, which, uh, yeah. But this is where we start realizing, Eleanor realizes that Chidi probably wants to go through the door by the way he's acting. And she starts sort of acting fake happy towards him. Um, and then she tries to uh, uh, get him to stay by, like, I guess, keeping him interested in things. And so she has Janet take them to the Acropolis and then to Paris. And, um, and you know, it doesn't work. Like, we knew it wasn't going to work, um, that he still wants to go. And she tries to get him to stay by just arguing with him that, no, I don't want you to go. And then she realizes that that's not going to work. And then she lets him go anyway. Um, and there's some... Some really nice uh, some moments where they kind of, again, have another party to, to go over, you know, Chidi leaving. And Chidi talks about how uh, he, he thinks the death is, a, is like a wave. And, um, yeah, so, and then we get, and then one more bit, and then we'll, we'll start talking about it, is um, then we get the fact that Jason was actually wandering around in the forest for a thousand baramies. Um, and... Because he had a he had a necklace to give to Janet, and I think the idea there was that they were gonna, you know, kind of give Jason like one. You kind of think for a second, oh no, is this whole door thing, uh, you know, actually is there actually a trick to the door thing? Everybody comes back, right? So that's like two seconds of that, and then you realize that they kind of go through that. No, 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 it's Jason didn't actually go through the door. You know, they tricked you with the the conventions of the of the scene that like oh we expected him to go through the door, but he didn't. And I again, I it didn't feel. And to me, it didn't feel that wonderful to have him do that because him being kind of alone for all this time when the rest of the show is about how people are always better with their friends felt like a little weird, felt like they were kind of shoehorning another bit of plot into something which didn't work for me. But anyway, we could talk about it. And so then the the the, the bit that, that killed me was Jason saying after Chidi went through the door and he's going to go follow him, hey, Chidi, wake up, wait up. That felt <laughs> like a very Jason thing to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in any case, so that, you know, we get Chidi going through the door and then Jason also, I guess, finally going through the door. So what do people think of of those two moments? I feel like uh, what they tried to do is, and, and I feel like they did in a very heavy-handed way, but I still liked it, is to make Jason a monk before he leaves. Right. Like literally, I mean... Uh, Janet even says she even, she even calls it uh, that he be, he behaved like uh, like a monk and I feel like what's important about that is that Jason lacked self control and this moment is like redeeming of all those uh, qualities he became like um, at ease with himself and uh, at peace in a way that he never was before so I I, I get that um, sure. maybe they were trying to to do that and and make him a a person that actually is ready to cross the door. <laughs> I feel like there's a reason that he didn't cross before and, and that's because he wasn't quite baked yet. <laughs> I thought that the 
uh, necklace in and of itself was a reason for him not to cross. Like as soon as he mentioned like, oh yeah. no, I lost it. That it's like, okay, he's got unfinished business here. Why is he going to walk through the door when he hasn't found it? So it, yeah, I, the whole uh, cheaty section, I think this was my break from crying actually, even though I know it's the part that everyone's, uh, kind of falling back on in reviews and things that I've read because it is really poetic and nicely done and it hit the tone right. But um, I think we kind of knew that splitting Eleanor and Chidi up was going to be the heart of the episode and it was. And so maybe I was maybe more prepared for it than everything else. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think the like the whole part of the cheaty plot line that got me was like Eleanor's speech about like convincing him to stay and then realizing how selfish she was in wanting him to stay. Like I felt like that was the most emotional part of the whole episode for me. It was just Eleanor's realization of what she was doing and realizing that she needed to put her own feelings aside for his at that point. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about uh, how reluctant we were to accept uh, Chidi and Eleanor as a couple. <laughs> and uh, I'm still not sure how I feel. Me too. Yeah, I'm I'm not even sure now like how I feel with that, about them as a couple, but just thinking about somebody that you've like lived with and shared your life with for that long. I feel like I kind of would have felt that emotional if it was Eleanor and any of the three of them. Yeah. Like it was just the last one there, like just that, like, I don't want to be alone type feeling. Uh, I I feel like it could have worked with if Chidi had gone through the door first, it could have been her and Jason or her and Tahani having, wouldn't have quite the same uh, philosophical tones to it, but I could see Eleanor kind of having that same reaction with any of them she just doesn't want to be alone anymore yeah they feel like very good friends but i don't see them as a couple i'm sorry i i tend to no i i agree with you i i yeah. like the friendship relationships that you get in sitcoms much more than any of the romance ones they try to shoehorn in usually and this one's one of those where i feel like I like them better when they're just really good friends and it works more for me. Um, and I would have probably cried harder if they were just yeah. friends and they weren't trying to make it a thing. Yeah, I would have felt much more earnest because it's calling the relationship what it is instead of trying to put something over that's not uh, what's going on. So, yeah, I, I agree. I would have preferred <laughs> a, a, a different sort of uh, pretense with regards to their relationship, but... Well, yeah, I I do actually think that the uh, the the part of the part of their relationship which I think this portrayed most accurately and most deeply was yeah just this the experience of getting older and losing the people you love as you get older as they die and this was all sort of a refined and a fantastical uh, version of it because of course no one actually got old no one got sick and died you know from that no one got to an accident, died. So they all got to choose when they were going to go, but there were still different times of their choosing. And there was still that sense of someone when they get really old, 
and all their friends are gone, what's your life going to be like? How are you going to go on from there? And and I think the show only kind of skittered around the fact that that's a really lonely thing that you can't, that there's no answer for. There's no, like, you know, you can try to do all the things you want in this in this fantasy land of, of the good place, but you're still really lonely without your friends. And again, the only way that that ends is when you end. And that's a, a very profound thing about, about life and in some ways a very depressing thing about life. Um, and, and they did show enough of that to make me get affected by it. That was probably the biggest, the biggest gut punch of the show for me in this last thing was, you know, the sense that Eleanor is that person who's getting old and losing everyone. And of course, Michael, Michael as well, although it, it didn't, not quite to the same degree. Um, so I did, I did like that part of it because, you know, and even in a perfect world, like this place, which is supposed to be perfect, people are going to want to go at different times. Um, and people are going to want to go when their partner doesn't want to go. And that could be a really wrenching and, and, you know, crazy making kind of thing for people, right? Your partner wants to go and you don't that, you know, you're in heaven, but it's, you know, now you're in your own kind of personal hell because they left and you didn't want to like that. (laughs) They really just kind of skittered around it, but it, you know, the, the, the design for this good place is still not ideal. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, closer to real life in that way. I mean, Tahani lost all of them too, but right. she's just fine because she's distracting herself continually with lots of stuff. <laughs> right. Well, and, that, yeah. and that's another thing. Like Michael, you know, kind of even said after a while, you know, I designed the perfect neighborhood and then there was nothing else for me to do. Like what happens when that happens to Tahani? Well, I guess she just goes through the door when she wants to, but they kind of never really address that. And, you know, they don't need to, they don't need to address everything, but it was... Uh, it was something that I was thinking about. They also sort of implied that uh, because she's human and not a demon or a, an angel of some sort, it's going to take her a while. Take her longer, yeah. <laughs> Especially if yep. she's starting from the bottom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of really nice moments for this. You know, Eleanor saying now, you know, say goodbye to me now, leave before I wake up. And uh, and then the, the, the calendar and everything else. So there were a lot of really good moments. Oh, and then also it, it does feel a little bit in the middle of this part of it where, like, they almost made this whole uh, this whole plotline, which seems like again like a retread of previous plotlines, where you know Chidi isn't good enough for Eleanor, Eleanor isn't good enough for Chidi. They kind of made this up so that they could go on location shooting in Greece and Paris, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. If you... Didn't they green screen it? I think they green screened it. No, they actually went. <laughs> yeah, they mentioned yeah. it during the after show yeah. about how um, Kristen Bell and uh, William Jackson Harper were the only ones to get to go to Europe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, that's where the budget went instead of, you know, Fire Demon special effects. That, right? they that got to, and the yeah. um, champagne serving panda right. special <laughs> effects for this episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, okay, so, so Chidi's gone, and then we get sort of um, Eleanor deciding what she's going to do afterwards, and, you know, so we get a little bit of, and, and Michael also, and so then, you know, we kind of get down to Eleanor and Michael, kind of the, 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 the real stars of the original, you know, when the, when the show originally started up, they were the ones that people thought were going to be the, the stars, because they were the name actors, and so we kind of get their stories for the rest of the show. And Michael is um, uh, uh, upset a little bit that the the council isn't needed anymore. And Eleanor is going through all of her the calendar and all these tapes, and it kind of feels like they're maybe stuck in the past. But then they go in a direction that I wasn't entirely expecting. Although I think I knew that Mindy St. Clair was going to be involved, 
where Eleanor says, you know, I'm going to come convince you to go through the system, which is, that was nice. Like they had a nice little chat um, where they talk about, you know, cocaine and self-pleasure uh, for a bit. And, uh, and I, you know, I love that actress uh, who plays Mindy St. Clair. So, you know, and, the, and it didn't, they didn't spend all that long on it, but, you know, a little bit of time for her to reconnect with, uh, with Mindy and then bring her over to, to Hani. Um, and then, you know, another uh, sort of last little bit with Sean about, uh, I think you'll find that Hani will be certified very soon. Did that sound evil? I didn't mean it to. Um, so that was, that was fun. Um, and then that bit where Mindy says, thanks for giving a crap about me. I, I don't really give a crap about myself. So it's nice that someone else does. And so again, it was a nice little, nice little way to send her off with that. And again, they didn't have to show Mindy going through the whole system. They didn't have to show Tahani making a new thing for her, but, uh, but, um, but then, you know, so Eleanor is like, no, okay, I'm ready to go. But then she really isn't because she decides her last thing is to sort of convince Jen to, uh, met Michael, make Michael human, um, and so then at the last scene, well, the second to last scene is Eleanor going to the door and we finally get to see what it looks like. All these little moats rising up to the trees and then the, the trees come back and excuse me, the trees come back. The moats come back. One of the moats like kind of survives until the next scene when Michael gets his, his, uh, his junk mail about a discount card and says, make it, uh, what is it? Take it squeezy. Right. Um, I'm skipping over some stuff, but I think, uh, you know, that's kind of the gist of it. So what do people think of kind of the last part? So again, uh, Eleanor finding her last meaning by helping a couple more people. And then uh, uh, Michael finding his kind of last meaning, the last bit of the story we're going to see from him by turning into into a human and getting to do sort of human things for a while. Did, were people happy with the with that way of dealing with sort of the last main characters of the show? Aside from Janet, we'll get back to Janet. I liked that our initial character when we first got into the very first episode of The Good Place was Eleanor. And so then, of course, she's the last to go through to the other side. Okay. Um, it felt it felt poetic. It felt right. Um, and it left just enough room for what was just the really sweet little stinger at the end, which is, I think, how they really needed to end things. Um we have gotten concerned over Michael for all this time. So yeah. it's, it's, it was just, I don't know, his having him learn guitar from his wife was very sweet. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. super sweet. <laughs> they couldn't have done that better. That was just right. No. I loved seeing Michael as a human. I think that was like some of my favorites and, you know, the different, the hard days and the fact that he named his dog Jason. I kind of and like... he had a bow tie, <laughs> uh-huh. and he, he comes down to earth, and he's like, "Wow, it's hot! <laughs> it's so hot!" <laughs> but it's a dry heat. <laughs> but yeah, actually, having his wife teach him how to play the guitar was like perfect. Yeah, that was really sweet. Whether that or Nick Offerman was my favorite guest spot. <laughs> they were both pretty good. She's her his actual wife. I didn't. I don't know her. Yes. yes. And mm-hmm. um, she 
had some kind of surgery a couple years ago and woke up like a musical savant like five or six years ago. So Seriously. the fact that they had her um, teaching him how to play guitar was kind of fitting. Wow, I didn't know that. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, there's some really interesting articles about it. Uh, she's like written some country western songs or something now, yeah. but she like didn't play music until within the last decade. I could be wrong about the years. But yeah, she like woke up after a surgery with the ability to write and play music. Wow. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun story. And she think she like wrote a story wrote a song that became like a, a hit song, either a hit song or like a won an award or something. It was a whole big thing. Whole big thing. So it was it was, it was fun. Huh. Didn't know that. But yeah, so so Michael gets to be a person now. It's interesting, like he didn't get to be a you know, he didn't get born as a baby and then grow up and everything. He kind of comes back as himself, which I think was you know, you could tell why they did that that way, right? Because they still want to use that actor for yeah. the whole thing. Um, it makes it it makes me wonder, you know, how he's going to get judged because he's only got a certain amount of time left, and he had to sort of be inserted with the whole backstory, I guess, and just uh, just all. But you know, the, the point yeah. of it was to see Michael doing human things, that actor doing human things, because of course he is human. But anyway, um, and you know, not a lot of money in that for one k. <laughs> He's going to have a tough retirement. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like they, they should have done the right thing and give him like a full human life. But I, I know why they're doing this. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Oh, that yeah. made me cry. Um, so, so, yeah. I mean, does anyone, so any other thoughts about sort of how Eleanor got to end? Her story and how Michael got to end his story. It's it's. Um, I mean, I like that Eleanor gets to help people along the way, right. but it doesn't feel like she's ending her life because she reached that spot that the others mentioned. It feels like she's doing it because plot. I don't know. I don't feel like the she got the complete arc that she needed. What I do think that the, the Jason and Chidi were both, those actors were both kind of a little better at portraying that sort of life-ending calm, that like peacefulness that will let them move on. I, I even towards the end, I was kind of like, "Are you sure, Eleanor? You want to go? Because you still kind of don't seem like you're ready." And yeah, I, I know, I, yeah, maybe they just didn't give enough time for it, or maybe that actress just doesn't have that same ability to do that. But she's, you know, she's a good actress. You feel like if they'd given her a bit more of a way of describing like I actually think here's what I think I think that they wanted to give Janet a send off in that scene with Eleanor because they wanted to have Janet and Eleanor kind of have these last discussion of all the things they've done yeah. in their life and kind of go over it and that's sort of a way for for Janet to kind of talk about her life and what she's done in it and in order in, in trying to combine those two and not give Janet her own ending scenes I think they kind of short shrifted Eleanor's end to do it now it was still fun it was fun to see those two characters together and those two actresses doing their thing but yeah i think they it felt a little a little weird at the end for me at that point i was already still kind of bummed about janet and it it stuck it stuck (laughs) with me through the episode like it really did i i don't know she does so much for everybody else that you just want something for her yeah, I was almost sadder for Janet than for her. <laughs> right, because it's your last for friend Eleanor. is going to the door. Yeah. Yeah. The one that suffers is the one that stays. Yeah. 
Yeah, because Janet got Janet Janet got so grew so much just in dealing with them, you know, more than she ever had for any other people that she'd associated with, and now they're all gone. And they never really addressed that. Like they never really, you know, they said at the beginning, like you know, Michael said to her, "Hey, it's okay if you're sad," and she's like, "No, I'm I'm good." And that's it. That's all we kind of get. So yeah, yeah. Eh. Poor Janet. Poor Janet. That, that as soon as the episode was over, and even after the wrap up with the cast. I just, that was the only thing I was thinking and saying. It's just like, oh man, I feel really bad for Janet. Poor Janet. Like that, <laughs> that was what, that's what's resounding for this for me. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it also, Adam, Adam not convinced with this ending ending. I'm not convinced with them having that little scene at the ending with Michael receiving the piece of junk mail and being happy and stuff. It it takes away a bit of a strength of the scene. The previous scene is supposed to be very poignant and and have a lot of gravitas and stuff. And then it's over and your transition to Michael getting junk mail. And I know that's that's what the show is about. You being human is kind of dumb and weird and funny sometimes. But I don't think a joke was necessary <laughs> right at that moment. I feel like they could have done with a bit of more restraint. They didn't put a joke. They put very little jokes and along the episode right. they could have... There wasn't that much here. ...took the landing. Uh, uh, the, the one thing that I did notice that the, the third time that I watched the episode is there is a bit of connection between the last... Uh, the moment where Eleanor crosses the line and, um, and uh, the junk mail scene. I don't know if everyone else noticed it. Mm-hmm. I, it it was weird. Uh, there's like uh, sparkles that. Yeah, that was the moat Andrew was talking yep. about. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, kind of showed that, that it's all connected, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like uh, Eleanor. I don't know, convincing the guy metaphysically to pick up the junk mail. It felt like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it wasn't like the moat went into him and possessed him or anything. But but yeah, just showing that things are connected. I think as opposed to anything more uh, and, more concrete. Am, am I am I correct correct in thinking that like getting a rewards card was one of the things that Michael said he wanted to do as yeah, being a human so, yeah. in like previous it episodes? Was. So like it didn't feel jokey to me because he'd mentioned like wanting a rewards card and he wanted to unironically say take it sleazy to somebody Mm -hmm. and everything so it was sort of a fulfillment of that goal michael had as opposed to just a jokey thing (laughs) yeah but they were sort of joke goals that michael had (laughs) yeah it's true they they were but they were supposed to represent how michael didn't know what being human was like so but it's also realistic to who michael has been the whole time I feel like it, like if it was just something completely serious, it wouldn't have felt authentically Michael well, as a human. And that, and that sort of goes to what uh, I complained before about uh, Michael not getting to live a full life. Because if he would have lived a full life, he'd be basically like a different person, and he'd be human in 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 completely and he wouldn't like to get junk mail <laughs> but doing it this way they can get michael that already knows that he's a demon and knows about the good place and and has all this life experience behind him 
that has nothing to do with being human. So he's like a visitor, you know. He's like uh, living abroad for a couple of years, but he's not really a hundred percent human because he already has so much baggage. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a comedy, right? There's only so much we can expect <laughs> from you know the human condition. The, the... Yeah, but I just want him to not have that scene. <laughs> not asking them to do something. I don't know. I I kind of thought of it as, as like It's a Wonderful Life where George Bailey gets the book and uh, he hears, you know, bells ringing and realizes that that's Clarence. And so I kind of think, you know, he gets this mail and he realizes that it was Eleanor. And that's why <laughs> that's when he says, take it sleazy. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was sentimental. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> Here you go. Can't believe you guys. I don't know. I'm big softy. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, instead of doing sort of our usual kind of joke machine, because there weren't really that many jokes in this one, although there were some, why don't we focus more on just sort of favorite favorite moments of the episode? So what did people what did people really like about this episode? What, what moments, what, what little scenes, what little bits of dialogue or whatever – did people really come through and say, oh, yeah, that's a good, again, that's a good bit, and then that's a good way to end the show, right? So what did people think? <laughs> uh, one thing that stuck out to me was when um, Michael was going down to Earth and gives the frog to Jeff. Me and too. And they, like, pause, yeah. and he's like, I know what I'm going to name it. And I was totally expecting him <laughs> to go with, like, Michael or something. And yeah. what did he name it? Mr. Jumpy Legs or yeah. something like that. <laughs> I love that they gave him a frog. Was, was that the joke? I thought was it was like Jiminy perfect. Cricket or something. Like there was, like, was there an expected name no, for a frog? It, I think it was Mr. Jumpy Legs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jumpy, anyway. But I, I thought he was going to name him Michael after Michael. Okay. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, yeah. for Mr. Jumpy Legs. But yeah, the, the callback with Jeff and all the frogs, that was really nice. I really yeah. <laughs> and he was still... Seeing Glenn again was nice. I, I yeah. liked when he he apologized to Honey for getting me on, on him. <laughs> Did I get a little me yeah. on you? And she said yes, but she was really gracious about yeah. it. All goo under the bridge, which was a nice line. Oh, that's right. And I, you know, <laughs> uh, Jamil and Jamil saying all the goo under the bridge, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I also really enjoyed our final glimpse at the uh, Derek head with oh, all yeah. the floating yeah. Derek martini heads and things. And I mean, that could be our glimpse into Janet's future if anybody will reboot her 151 That's million true. times. Although that actually doesn't sound like that many reboots, but all right, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it could be like billions and billions of reboots, right? But it wasn't. Anyway, but yeah, it was nice to see, nice to see Derek, nice to see Derek and, uh, in a, a bit of a, a, a magical state there, um, and then did, it wasn't a huge minute, but I did like sort of it. They um, they ended up with um, oh, what's his name, uh, Doug Forsett, right? They didn't, so they got him in a younger body and and just having him eating all the chicken and uh, and everything. That's, that was that was fun. It was a fun callback to it. I wonder because. Doug Forsett was supposed to be like a, a friend of a writer or something like that, right? Was he? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, he was a writer or something that, yeah. Yeah. And they got the guy from the picture to make, yeah. make the appearance, and, which was fun. And that's kind of, and the guy that plays him in the episode in which Doug Forsett appears, which he's old again, uh, 
that uh, that's not I'm guessing that's not the the same guy because that's sort of what the point of making him old I guess. Well, they, that guy is is really famous, so they probably just didn't bring him back. <laughs> yeah, my my point being, uh, they actually got the actual guy from the frame, not like last time. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, oh, I I liked the the kind of joke when um, Tahani was getting ready to leave, and John comes running in and talks about how he hooked up with Alexander the Great, but he was more like Alexander the Fine. <laughs> Now, is the fine supposed to be worse than great, or is fine supposed yes. to be better than great? <laughs> in, in in that context, I think it was supposed to be worse, worse than, than great. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's too, but yeah, verify yeah. that. <laughs> if you would have said something like fine or something like some affectation, maybe that would have been like better. But in that context, it was like it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Chidi has read all the books to the point where now he's reading the Da Vinci Code. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's just going to trash now. He says something about, I like a garbage book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That made me laugh. The way he said it was kind of funny, too. <laughs> yeah. And Eleanor still taking hundreds of permits to read one book. But she did it. But a philosopher. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, she did it. And that it took Eleanor's mom a lot of baramuse to figure out how to pronounce Chidi's mom's name, which I don't think we ever knew her name, so I don't know that... Maybe we did. I don't remember what Chidi's mom's name was, because I'd like to know if it was something super hard to pronounce or if Eleanor's mom is just really that much of a bimbo. That scene really worked for me, where they're like talking about their moms getting together and they're like, oh yeah, you know, the last time... That happened like two times ago or whatever. It really, it really sunk in that, yeah, you know, they've done all this before. I liked that scene. Yeah, I really liked that scene, yeah. Because um, again, when they're sort of getting to this sense of the um, ineffable, right? Things that you can't explain. And I think they did a good job with sort of, like with Chidi and, and Jason both kind of having them say, well, they felt a certain peacefulness, but they can't really explain where that came from or exactly how they got it. And uh, that, you know, that feels right. That feels like, you know, you don't want to try to explain that fully. Uh, that sense of, you know, being ready to die, like being peaceful enough to be ready to die. Like, how do you even get there? Like, that's just not something that's a mechanical, hey, well, yeah, follow these five steps and you're there. It has to be something <laughs> that's a bit mysterious. And and I, a lot of the power of the episode was from, for me, was was from that, was from them leaning on that and, mm -hmm. and taking advantage of, of that idea. So, yep. I I like that Judge Jen says she's getting into podcasts because there's like a yeah. billion of them and they just keep coming. Yeah, we're, we're part of it. We're part. We're adding yeah, to we're your, part uh, of the problem. your pile, Jen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she. You know that uh, my Rudolph is just so amazing, and she, you know, really lively uh, characterization this time as well. I think she, 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 you know, same character, but just just went out at the top of the top of her game. So. Oh, and then and then you know the other thing, like when when uh, Eleanor is there talking with Judge Shen about making Michael human, and uh, Eleanor says, you know, if you do this, you'll never have to hear from any of us ever again. And Jen's like, ooh, that's tempting because because y'all are annoying. Y your tone is annoying, and Eleanor's like, yeah, yeah, we 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 know. So that was funny. Yeah, the the judge is like, I said that I would be like Tahani, but I mean that's like the good place version of. Of my afterlife, the the bad place version or the medium place version would probably be like Judge Jen, 
just watching TV yeah. and listening to podcasts. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'd like to be like the honey, but I'm probably more like Judge. Oh, they finally worked in a Gardner Minshew reference. You knew it was coming. It took the whole oh, yeah. season. Well, I, I read that they um, almost didn't get that in, but the guy that played um, Pillboy wasn't available until like the very end. So he had to like film his scenes alone. So that's why they were able to slip it in. <laughs> oh, well, it's good that they it did. Was, like late enough that Garden, Gardner Minshew was a thing by that point. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like the um, Michael's songs. Oh, yeah. He has the craziest lyrics. Oh, they're so terrible. Well, did you notice that the, the ending credits music was yeah. some actual band singing mm-hmm. those lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a bit disappointed that it's not actual Ted Danson singing, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like the the lyrics. They're they're so bad they're almost good. <laughs> Something about marshmallow things <laughs> marsh yeah oh it, speaking of, i don't know why this made me think of it but um jason talked talked about smoking salvia and then wanting to <laughs> trying to brush his teeth with his cat well yeah michael had a cat reference in the in his work yeah. somewhere i don't remember where anymore but that, i think that's what made yeah. me think yeah. of mm. jason brushing his teeth with a cat when just did another line where he was like oh i can see you're all sad like my, what was it, like my elementary school teacher every time I raised my hand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in as much as they were, they were jokey lines, I think Jason had, had a good number of them. So. And Jason's dad talking about how Jason raised him. Right. <laughs> I like Nick Offerman being on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a better ending that than the than the ending that his character on on Parks got, so I'm I'm happy that he got to be here. It was fun to come back from a commercial break and just see like a chair, and then see yeah. Nick Offerman like looking at the chair. You're like they're going to do it. You're going to do it. Yeah, that's like Nick yeah, that's what this is. That yeah. that was the one. Th- the one thing in the episode that was spoiled for me because I didn't watch it till Friday morning oh, okay. and um, I had just been on Instagram and like most of the time the good places Instagram has been good of like putting a cover photo but for some reason they had a photo of Nick Offerman on there and I'm like crap Nick Offerman was in the finale <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of disappointed that I got spoiled by that but I'm glad he wasn't like playing an actual character and was just himself. Cause I yeah. was like, who's he playing? What did they actually mention him by his name? Like Nick, so-and-so help me or no. something? No, no, but I feel like no. everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, he had this, he had this such a, he didn't look like his character in Parks and Rec. So I, yeah, he looks like him. Yeah. That's what he looks like. That's what he looks like now. And he, but he's been, yeah, yeah, he's been hosting that. Uh, what's that TV making show he it. hosts with? Yeah. Making it with, uh, Amy Poehler on NBC too. It's like a reality show that he's been hosting. I don't think I mentioned this or I don't know if we went over it or not, but um, when Tahani's got her list of things that she's trying to cross off, she gets to cross off objectifying Eleanor and making her uncomfortable. (laughs) And that was great. Yeah. And then, you know, also on there is like read infinite jest, which is funny because I will, I'll never be able to finish that book, Uh, (laughs) but she did. So good for you, Tahani. 
apparently that's uh, something Mike Schur mentions frequently is his attempts to read Infinite Jest. It so. is the longest book and it's, it's so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I've never tried, so I probably couldn't get through yeah. it either. If you can lift it, it counts. I guess Cheedy probably finished it. Yeah, he's he's on to he's on to Dan Brown now. <laughs> I mean, I, I've read the garbage book, but <laughs> I got the excerpt uh, from Tahani's to do list. If you want me to read it, oh sure. Oh yeah, she has um, landed triple axel, solved the Poincaré conjecture, <laughs> perform Il Dolce Wong from uh, Lucia di Lammermoor at La Scala. Barb the alphabet, become a master woodworker, learn how to repair a driveway, break... This one I definitely don't understand. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. Break a Graham Gooch's record of 456 runs in a single test. What's that? I didn't know that one either. I, I didn't understand it either. Yeah. Uh, master conducting orchestra, master conducting train. <laughs> uh, beat, beat NBA Jam an All Star, free solo the Colossus of Rhodes, fix the Jesus fresco that lady messed up. <laughs> no, okay. yeah. um, and we we also got our final Tahani godparent mention yeah. in this episode. Yeah, Frank Gary Frank was Gary. her <laughs> godfather. <laughs> yeah, I did like how everyone kind of finished her sentence with her when she did that. Just mm -hmm. kind of so somebody should total up how many godparents Tahani has had throughout the series. Mm -hmm. It's got to be like 25. <laughs> mm. Including a clock. Mm. There was a moment where um, <laughs> Eleanor said, when Eleanor and Chidi were kind of sitting on the couch before um, Fulis went at the sunset, and Eleanor says, I was never good at being sad, partly because my mom straight up told me not to. And if that was, you know, kind of interesting to have... She, you know, she still has all of the bad experiences that she had growing up, all the things that, that uh, formed her and, and, and molded her into the person that she was, the not very good person that she was. You know, she still remembers all that stuff, even though she's been, she's better now and she's had a lot better experiences. And I just thought it was interesting to kind of throw that in, you know, at a, at a moment when in, in a lot of other ways they were all very happy, but, uh, but, you know, still human. So I like that. I like that moment. I liked her going to to see Mindy, even though it's a bit shoehorned in the way that the she 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 says that the, that's her goal, and I feel like that's not her goal from the beginning. It's not it's not believable, but I do like that she goes and helps Mindy. Oh yeah, yeah. That last scene is great. What I did want to see Mindy, you know, whatever excuse they would come up with to have Mindy come back and and sort of be Mindy all over again. Um, I did, I did like that they had her and, you know, I, whether we believe that Mindy was, whether we believe that Mindy was really ready to go through the system and become a better person or not, you know, I, I, I can take or leave that, but one, one last sort of look at, at, at how she's doing was, was nice. Yeah. It also made me think because she doesn't seem like she wants to go like the other characters do. So maybe... Median life is the answer. Maybe if you don't have everything, then you'll never run out of things to do. Well, but we, you know, we got all those jokes in previous seasons about, you know, Mindy reading the same magazine over and over again 
and uh, the same books over yeah. and over again. No, I think, I think, I think what they showed of her felt right that she had settled, that she thought this was just the best she could do, and so she was scared of trying anything else. That feel, you know, most people don't say it that baldly when they're in that sort of situation, but uh, that that felt right. And you know, it would have been nice again if they had taken a little bit more time with her to uh, to deal with, you know, to you know. Y- y- can you really convince someone who spent billions of years settling that in two minutes you should change your life? That's a bit, you know, maybe that's a bit much, but, uh, but I did, I did like that the way they went, they went through that, that, you know, Mindy, Mindy's hasn't changed enough to care about herself, but she'll take, she'll take Eleanor caring for her in, in the meantime. I, I liked it, liked that, but again, it was good small tea, but I liked it. I think my favorite moment of all of it, uh, came from the after show which i'm not sure that we all saw it did you guys see it as well some of it yes i uh, yeah didn't pay much attention so darcy carden uh you know sat on the the corner of the sofa um and you can just see if you look pretty closely she is wearing the j plus j necklace that jason gave janet but she's wearing it as a bracelet, and it's just just so slightly you can just tell, and that made me really happy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and they really did, as a cast, seem just genuinely glad to be around each other, glad yeah. to be a part of the project, the whole thing. So it was yeah. nice that they did the wrap-up at the end. It gave everyone a chance to, you know, uh, put a cap on it. Yeah. What it's also funny seeing, uh, what is it, Manny Asinto talk normally because <laughs> he, he's got such a weird kind of way of talking as Jason that, you know, it, it's kind of, no, wait, no, he can, he can talk normally. And, and again, I really, I actually think, especially the, the characters, the, the actors who were not nearly name, name characters before, name actors before, hope, you know, they all deserve a chance to be lead characters on their own shows, to have just really long and successful careers. And, uh, you know, really, really rooting for them. It, you know, it can be hard, I think, um, especially because a lot of them are uh, actors, uh, minority actors, that it can be hard in Hollywood to get to get a fair shake with those sorts of uh, like, like that. But um, but I do I do I do hope that, they, you know, they just all deserve, you know, hit shows, leading real parts. And they, I think they can all they can all handle it, even even if this is kind of their first big break. I think they can all handle it and it would be it would be great to see them more doing other things completely different so they're not typecast or anything like that agreed i think this is it i don't think we can keep talking without uh, getting crossover to the retrospective you're probably right yeah i feel like this is a good place to yeah so we will just like the show we will stop and leave our audience wanting more we know when it's time to leave (laughs) (laughs) Are, are, are we all ready? Are we all ready to go? Are we any, anytime you're ready? Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of it for our last flashcast episode, our last episode specific uh-huh. to one of episode of the of the Good Place. So this is the last time we'll see us in this uh, in this context. But again, we'll be coming back for a retrospective, and so we will. You will hear us again. Uh, and uh, thanks everybody for being here. Having uh, Richard Fitch, uh-huh. thank you. Thank you, guys. It's such a journey. It's been so long. <laughs> Aww. 
So, Rachel Adaman, thank you. Good night, everyone. And Sarah Gardner, thank you. Aw, I'm glad you guys are my friends. <laughs> and we will see you all one more time. Aww. Bye. All right, bye. bye. I'll send you my file. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can do this. We can do this. One, two, three. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go. Right? I'm not ready. I'm. I'm gonna. I'll go through the door first, everyone. I'll. I'll show you how to how to do it. Yeah. Right. We'll schedule something and we'll talk some more. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Bye. Bye.